This classic Australian treat would be the most popular sandwich in the world if anybody had heard about it. Or, sprinkles, butter, and white bread? Was this sandwich invented by a four-year-old? Who's right? Let's find out. This week, on our ongoing quest to pick our favorite sandwich, fairy bread. Is it affordable, ethical, is it healthy and clean? Is it first aid appropriate, even though he's married? Is the origin true? Doesn't matter to me. All that really matters is celebrities. Joe will pick a sandwich now. It's his religion to figure it out. He ate the food. He'll rate. He'll choose. Will it end up on the menu? Oh, what sandwich will he choose? Joe picks a sandwich now. Sandwiches. Dan, it's been almost a month. It's been weeks and weeks and weeks since we've podcasted. I don't think three weeks is almost a month. Well, I mean, it's like almost a month. It's a little over a fortnight. It's, mo- it's much less than a month. Yeah, it's, it's between a fortnight and a month. Yeah, I, I, I will not... Uh, argue with that so uh what do you think what did you enjoy your break no i didn't <laughs> no <laughs> every every day i wish i was podcasting instead of doing what i was doing wow i know so, so you've got to be on top of the world right now this is the highlight of my month of my of my of my halfway between a month and a fortnight well now we're we've got to go back to the fortnight schedule yeah we just had a tough look for for all of our sandwiches out there who are going to be I mean, what a lovely treat. This is going to be like their fairy bread in their podcast feed tomorrow. But I, two weeks ago, I was in Montreal. Fanwich Josh was getting married, a beautiful ceremony. And last week, you were apparently in our nation's capital. I think you were what? You were one of the keynote speakers at Trump's July 4th uh, thing? Well, it's. I mean, it's funny that you say that. I was going to be. And then because of the rain, things got delayed and I got bumped. Oh, no. <laughs> I, got, okay, I, I hope you didn't get bumped for those like eight-year-old singers who like talk sing about how much they love Trump. I did. It was me or the eight-year-olds, and and and, and I didn't make the cut. It, well, you in your rider, it? in your rider, you said we'll only perform "Shine," no rain. <laughs> it's true. It, look, look, I have a lot of uh, laser equipment, and there's a whole light show involved, and there's uh, wait, Joe, your hair. Come on, give me a break. You know, you know, it's I can't perform in the rain. It doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can't believe, you know, we didn't do our we didn't do our Fourth of July podcast. We had so many plans for it. I actually could have done it. You you uh, texted me and said, I didn't bring my microphone. Can I do it over the phone? And no, our our, our fans are not going to deal with cell phone quality and, you know, cell phone latency. Give me a break. Well, you said something once about like that you're recording both sides of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. I am recording. I'm just saying I want the and our. Listeners demand the high quality audio feed from your. Yeah, but I have my AirPods. Well, oh, actually, we could have done it. I didn't know you. You didn't tell me about the AirPods. <laughs> um, yeah, well, well, actually, you know what happened was I had to do a work thing in D.C., but I was actually not even in Seattle. I was in Maui. Oh wow! And getting <laughs> from from Maui to D.C., I mean, you know. Uh, 
this is a little inside baseball, but Dan, we used to always make fun of your parents for like not wanting to go to Hawaii, like complaining about Hawaii because yeah. like, who complains about Hawaii? I get it now. <laughs> Getting from Hawaii to DC is awful. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, you know, Hawaii is, is sort of like the treat for us West Coast people. You know, yeah. it's right there in our backyard. It's beautiful. I guess for the East Coast people, it just sort of sucks. And it just, it's just sort of like they should just never go there. Yeah, you're going like halfway around the world. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's enough complaining about going to Hawaii. I'll stop now. Uh but anyway, yeah, I have missed podcasting. I've I've eaten my fair share of fairy bread. Really? Uh, fair well, share. Well, you know, I had fairy bread thinking I was going to podcast a week ago, and then I had to have a refresher fairy bread. <laughs> you didn't even think you were going to podcast two weeks ago? Or wait, that was the when was the first time we delayed it? I don't even remember anymore. Last week, one week ago, one week I, ago. I mean, the one thing I'm happy about is I didn't want our podcast to end on fairy bread because that's just that would be such a. Uh, ignominious finish for us well i mean what what, what, had we just never podcasted again it would be this like massive cliffhanger but would wonder (laughs) i guess they'd have to assume that fairy bread became my favorite sandwich because it's like that's why we stopped or they'd have to assume fairy bread killed us both (laughs) (laughs) i guess we'll find out yeah um yeah well how was your how was your half halfway between a fortnight and a month i loved it yeah you know my problem is you know uh, I, you know, I hate traveling, so, but, but, you know, of course I'll, I'll travel for Fanwich Josh, no problem. But, um, yeah, I've got this job now that I'm working from time to time. I don't know how you've been doing it. I mean, you have a full-time job and three children, and you are also doing this podcast every week. I had no job. I have no children. And, you know, I could do it once a week, but it was still a bit of a chore. Now with a jo- even a part-time job, this is it's just like I don't have the energy, I don't have the time. It's it's uh I mean, I guess I do have the time. I what what I don't have the will. That's what I don't have the will. <laughs> but and I felt like, you know, when we were doing it every week, it was just like, all right, we got to do it. You know, you don't want to break the streak. You there? What happened? <laughs> yeah, I was pausing for you to say something. Oh yeah, no, you don't want to break the streak. No, I thought you were thought you were mid thought. You don't want to break the streak, but yeah, yeah, you don't want to break the streak. But yeah. then once the streak's broken, it's like, ah, who cares? So now people can expect a wildly inconsistent podcast. We'll do you know triple headers one night. Take well, a month and a half off. No spoiler. We're just going to record six episodes back to back right now. I mean, we should do this like um, Wheel of Fortune style, where we just do a bunch of episodes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we should. Um, but here's what we need. Look, we just okay. We just change ties <laughs> in between recordings, so it looks like we did it on a different day. We'll be none the wiser. Okay, what we need, Joe, is a is a is a jolt of energy, and I'm yeah. going to supply it right now. Do I it. don't know if you saw this. I saw Bef- nothing before we get into fairy bread. We've got a new message on the subreddit. This is hot. This is just get ready to be jolted. Lay it on me. New message from user Genki Lawyer. Genki Lawyer. I don't know. Whatever, however that's pronounced. Listener pick Katsu Sando. Hey, Dan and Joe. Big fan of your podcast. I've been listening every week since I found your podcast, shortly after episode three aired, and have been loving it. 
I'm sad to hear that you're moving to a bi-weekly schedule, if, if only. But you've got to do what you got to do, and us fanwitches will support your decision 100, 100%. I'm hoping that my listener pick can make it on the list before you establish the 50 sandwiches. The katsu sando was invented in 1899 in Tokyo and has been one of the most popular sandwiches in Japan for over a century. I've noticed it's been catching on quite a bit in the U.S. in recent years as well. It's one of my favorites, and I'm hoping you give it a try. If it makes the cut, I'm happy to show you guys a history write-up on the sandwich. Bon Appetit did an article last year. I did some preliminary research and found several places in both San Francisco and Seattle with katsu sando on their menu. Here are some examples. The Stone Mill Mashta in San Francisco and Adana or the Sandwich House in Bell East Shopping Center in your beloved Bellevue, Seattle. Joe, look at this. This is a new fanwich. I mean, this is our, our best fanwich, you know, uh, lunch pail in months. This is amazing. So, a ka- so, now, so now, what is a sandwich called? The Katsu Sandwich? Katsu Sando. Now, there's a, a place in Seattle called Katsu Burger, but I assume a Katsu Burger is different than a Katsu Sando. I don't know. We'll have to do the research, or so Genki exciting. Lawyer will have to do the research for us. Okay. Well, yeah, let's put it on the wheel, man. I love is it. Is that it? Is it on? You know what? The cutoff was at midnight tonight, so they just got it. All right. It just got in. Where is the wheel? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, it's sandwich wheel. Okay. Boom. Joe picked. Aren't we clearing everything out? What did we decide to do? That we're 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 only using the sandwich wheel now, but we're going to add a bunch of our own sandwiches that we want to do before we're going to add another like thirty sandwiches to get to the total number that we're just going to be done. Did we do that? No, no. We're not <laughs> okay. okay. No. Well, it would it be okay? So I'm getting fairy breads off. We're doing it now, and then yes. katsu sando is in. Yes. Here's what I want to say. Here's my suggestion. I think... Okay, I have a great idea, but okay, go ahead. Well, you want to go your idea first? Should we do one of those those 90 things where we like each say we're going to have an idea, but then your idea is like the exact opposite of what mine is, and it's really awkward? No, I thought we would say our idea at the same time, and it might be the exact same idea. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> okay, we're going to count down three, two, one, and you say our idea. Okay. Okay. Three, Three, two, two, one. one. Genki Lawyer does all the sandwiches. <laughs> you didn't say it. <laughs> what was your idea? What was yours? You didn't say anything. Well, I, mean, I kind of wanted to hear your idea. Well, I'm glad you didn't hear it. All the listeners heard it. Now it is like the 90s trope if yours is like the opposite. Uh... No, my idea is, look, I think that we need to really devote some energy and time into, um, into getting all, um, into having a perfectly accurate sandwich wheel that will take us from now through the end of the podcast, to the end of this season. Uh, and what I think we should do is we need to have a very special episode where we spend that time, because the problem is if we're, if we're analyzing a sandwich we're never going to have time we're going to be too tired by the end of you know we we pour our heart and souls into analyzing these sandwiches i'm tired at the beginning joe (laughs) exactly we're not going to have time to then actually ever fully so we're just going to keep saying oh we'll do it next week and let's just spin the sandwich wheel i say we spend a full episode putting everything on the menu and really discussing you know or 
Wait, on the Sorry, wheel? not menu, not menu. On the wheel. <laughs> Spoiler really alert. You know, Actually, why don't we just put that on the menu and just skip the whole rest of the podcast? Ha- you know, because I think there's some discussion. You know, uh, we don't want redundant sandwiches on there. We don't want redundant... Look, back when we thought this was going to be an infinite podcast, redundancy is not a problem. But now that we know that we're going to have a finite number of sandwiches, we need to talk about, like, is this sandwich too similar to one we've already done? Do we want to do a tuna sandwich if we already had a tuna melt? Yeah. Uh, you know, so let's let's take that time to really think about it and to come up with the best list. Well, I mean, as the listeners will know, that was exactly what I said, Joe. Perfect. See, we had the same exact idea. Okay. And for anybody out there, especially somebody named in my idea, don't do what I said. Okay. Just... <laughs> but here, how about this? To at least say the ideas together. Okay. My idea was Genki, Genki Lawyer should just do the entire, all the sandwiches for us. That did way we our, don't have to do our, anything. Uh, did the podcast get any shout outs at the wedding? Uh, I don't think so. It's more of Josh's wedding. Because it got a great shout out at your wedding. Yeah. Well, you know, my wedding is sort of, it was uh, a more appropriate venue to talk about my podcast. Did Josh serve red meat at his wedding? Mm, oh, yeah. One of the the dishes was lamb. He did not serve beef, though. Well, I guess that, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I'm sure Josh has some like rationale for why it was okay, but who knows? You know, he has a negative review on Amazon that someone criticizing the fact that he's a vegan and he's writing about red meat. Is that true? It's the only negative review. I was reading the reviews the other day because I was like, you know, I wanted to see how how our um, sandwiches were doing at their at their one job of giving it a positive review. Uh, and they're doing okay. There's some positive wow, reviews on there. Nine reviews. That's good. Yeah, uh, but one of them is three stars, and it's like, well, he's a vegan, so he really shouldn't be talking about this. No, it's one star. It's what. Interest- that's ridiculous. Interesting, but very biased. The author is a vegetarian and environmentalist. That's fine, but it is so obvious credibility comes into question. Okay, okay, I see. I was going to insult their grammar, but it's just mainly a punctuation issue. That's fine, but it is so obvious credibility comes into question. What is the opposing argument? Also, a short book that requires a 20-page introduction leads one to pause and wonder if it's worth reading. <sighs> All right, here's what our new goal of this podcast is. Let's figure out who this person is and dox them. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a ridiculous argument. Look, I mean, you and I have talked about our criticism of the introduction. Too many spoilers. Yeah, it's definitely full of spoilers, but like... It wasn't a, too long. It's just too many spoilers. Yeah, it, in fact, in some sense, it was like too short and too dense with spoilers. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, there just should have been a spoiler alert at the beginning of the introduction. Uh, but, 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 I mean, you know, I assume you've read it or at least a a substantial chunk of it by now. I am 20 pages away from being finished. Do you find it at all biased because of, uh, I mean, it's sort of ridiculous that that's this person's argument. I mean, I'm just trying to think of what could be, what could go on with this argument. And you're like, uh, I think global warming is a problem. And the person's like, uh, don't listen to them. They're an environmentalist. (laughs) They care about the environment. Not like me. I mean, well, also, what, a dumb what about the like, like, like huge percentage of the book that's talking about the history of like packing houses? It's like, oh, you damn liberal. <laughs> like, yeah, and organized labor coming into question. I mean, it's if uh, you know the book also has important takes on small business, on big business, on conglomerates. Like, this is that's that's bad. 
I really wonder who, I mean, that's like, that's, that's, uh, okay, Philly Buster. Let's see, does this person review other things? Uh, that's a good question. Okay, four reviews. Let's, let's look into this. Oh, from Orlando, Florida, fucking figures. Do we have Not any Philly. listeners from Orlando? I don't think so. All right, let's, let's figure this person out. Okay, up. Oh, they're reading Life Together, which is some sort of, uh, I, I don't know. Book? Uh, Dietrich Bonheifer's classic account of life in the illegal seminary of the Confessing Church in Finkelwald. <laughs> highly, highly specific book. <laughs> what is this person? Okay, oh, here we go. This is, this is good. They purchased the Helen Morgan story, a soundtrack, and they rated it five stars and said CD in good condition, love the music. Now, what is this? What's the Helen Morgan story? Is that like a Lifetime movie? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a soundtrack. But is it like the soundtrack to like a, one of like the Hallmark movies or whatever? I don't know. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> okay. The Helen Morgan story, a 1957 movie. Torch singer Helen Morgan rises from sordid beginnings to fame and fortune only to lose it all to alcohol and poor personal choices. Wow. Okay. So here's what we know. I mean, this if, person must be 80 years old. Yeah, this person's they, old. They're, they're, not, they're not listening to uh, digital music. They're buying CDs. <laughs> That's true. They're buying CDs of the soundtrack from a 1957 movie. Right, correct. And their last review, it is from the moment of battle, uh, the 20 clashes that changed the world. And it says, very interesting and educational as it focuses on the impact of history rather than the conduct of battle. Have you heard of the Protestant wind? Question mark. Read it. Okay. People, look. I know this from my dad. He's a huge World War II buff. This guy is definitely old and definitely... He, the marbles aren't all there. No. no. Or wait, what do you say? The marbles are rolling around? What do you say about somebody's marbles? They're losing their marbles? Yeah. Yeah, they don't roll. I mean, they could roll around, but they've lost their marbles. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the <laughs> They're thing. not rolling. This yeah. person has lost their marbles. And Philly Buster from Orlando. Like, that doesn't even make sense. Maybe they're from Philly, but they're old, so they retired in Orlando. You're right. You're right. All right. Should we start commenting on all of this person's reviews and be like, the Helen Morgan story sucks? Like, you, know, you know the Helen Morgan story was directed by a vegan, so you can't trust it. <laughs> <laughs> and we just need to be like it sucked compared to some other like 1957 movie uh yeah i mean look i think that that this person needs to retract their review that's horrible i can't believe that it, he would have had a perfect five stars but now he's at four and a half stars brutal brutal well you know we'll get justice here at some point yeah i mean i don't want to say it but I think in 20 years, Philly Buster might not be writing poor reviews anymore. <laughs> Have you reviewed it yet, Dan? Yeah, I was the first person to review it. Nice. I reviewed it even before I read it. And did you see the amazing Prime Day deal on Josh's book? <laughs> Is there a, was there a Prime Day deal? <laughs> was it a lightning deal? It was a lightning deal. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah, you got a free, uh, every purchase of the book, you got a free downloadable MP3 of the soundtrack to the uh, Helen Mirren story. <laughs> the Helen Mirren story? Noted uh, 
vegetarian and environmentalist. Exactly. Noted PETA advocate. Yeah. <laughs> Helen wow. Mirren. That's right. Wow. What a deal. Okay, Joe, we've talked about Josh's book long enough. That's not what the people want to listen to. Okay. What, what is your personal history with fairy bread? Well, now I'll tell you, I mean, I, uh, zero, but I will say I'm very interested in your personal history because I know you've, you've been to Australia. It's um, true. Many times. Once. But for a long time, for two yeah. weeks. Uh, and so, so I'm wondering if you had it there. But yeah, mine is zero. Mine is none. No, I have not had it. And um, super fan Sean, boy, been a long time since I've mentioned his name, since this was his sandwich. Sent in a nice email about it. He sent me a variety of links. Fan Emeritus Sean. Yeah, Fan Emeritus Sean, super fan Sean. Was he a super fan? What was our first season of the podcast? Oh, he was a super fan. Well, he was a late super fan. Remember, he listened to the season long yes. after it ended. But huge uh, fan emeritus. He picked all our, our, our worldly drinks. As an Arizona Cardinal fan, he found that we had the, I think, the the longest podcast episode about the Arizona Cardinals that season. And look, <laughs> of any we're going to have the longest one about fairy bread, for sure. That's true. We are the, we are the definitive podcast about fairy bread. He says, hey, pickers. This one is my fault. Apologies. Seems like a good idea at the time. Maybe Joe's kids will like it. It's served at birthday parties down here in Australia. Okay. So I'm just going to cut him off there to say, as and he, he linked to a variety of articles, um, but one of them basically was a panning, panning the some like epicurious uh, thing of how to make fancy um, fairy bread with like sourdough bread and homemade butter. The, the article was like, no. In Australia, we use the shittiest white bread, we use normal butter or margarine, and we put sprinkles on it, and we serve it at our children's parties, and we don't make it fancy, and we don't do this, and we don't do that. But the point of all of this is it seems like it is a very popular and common childhood treat. You have a birthday party, there's going to be fairy bread. You know, your kid uh, scores a, a, what do they do in cricket? Uh, you score a, a, a you score run? a wicket. You score a wicket. I don't think you score a wicket. I think a wicket is uh, one of. The, I think a wicket's what you hit it with. Yeah, but 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 when you when you score, it's called scoring a wicket because that's what you hit it with. No, I think it's, it's just called a point. I it's like in know. tennis. It's like in tennis how how when you win a match, it's called a racket. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how about that Wimbledon? By the way, what a great final! It was great. Tony and I were loving it. Unbelievable. Are you a big Federer fan? What? Federer the choker? Come on. Oh, boy. We are one and the same, Joe. I, you know, we were right in sync with the hot dogs. Oh, well, I'll be interested to see if we're in sync with, uh, with fairy bread. But anyways, I won't talk about cricket anymore. But if somebody did score a bunch of runs in cricket or points or whatever the hell it is, or Aussie rules football, actually, uh, what is that called when they kick it in the goalpost? It's, it's called a goalpost. I think it might be just called a field goal. I no, think that's what a, it's called. It's called a postie. <laughs> it could actually be called a postie. <laughs> really that good. seems really Australian. <laughs> okay. Your kid scores a postie in yeah, junior Aussie football. You're like, all right, mate, let's have some fairy bread. And <laughs> that's what you have it. Now, me being an adult, and when I was in Australia... We did not go to any children or child's parties. That would have been awkward, reason. probably. <laughs> but extremely awkward. We did not have any fairy bread. But uh, Josh 
was very familiar with it. When this got selected, he was chatting and said, hey, I know fairy bread. You know, I, I, I have no doubt. I don't know how many children's parties he's going to, but just having lived in Australia for so long, I think it, he was around it. So, or, or at least has seen it before. So I have no history with it. I did not have it until, you know, two weeks ago or whatever. But now moving on. So we're both so we're both fairy bread neophytes, and so this is this is great. We're gonna we're not bringing any uh, preconceived notions to the fairy bread. Correct. Now, right. so for what's the, the first category? History, yeah, yeah, what's the history of this fairy bread? Well, in lieu of doing any research, which I didn't want to, yeah, I'm just using. I don't using... think we should do any research at this point. Great, great. I'm using one of the links. I did read all the links that Superfan Fan Emeritus Sean Fan what Sean sent. And this is from that same article from the New Daily, which I really hope isn't like an ultra right wing like Australian newspaper, <laughs> but I don't know. But the, like New Daily does sound like right wing. The New Daily Stormer. <laughs> Maybe they just shortened it to New Daily. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it said it, it has the one line explanation of its history. The first recorded mention of fairy bread was the Hobart Mercury in the 1920s. The paper mentioned it being eaten at children's parties. Okay. And they're also panning the fact that the Epicurious article was like, this is common to have as a breakfast treat in Australia. And this person was like, no, it is not had at breakfast. It is had at children's parties, and that's it. Nobody ever eats it for breakfast. Okay. But I've got a little, a little more here, a little bit of a literary punch. And we're going to take our first... Our first um, trip to I, I, what I think could be a new segment. It's called Poem Corner. I love okay. it. That, that seems like an odd sound effect for Poem Corner. Yeah, I really just panicked. <laughs> I would expect like a harp. Give a harp sound effect? Uh, no. I think the closest I have is this. Ah! <laughs> okay. I love that. Okay. A poem by none other than Robert Louis Stevenson. Oh, wow. Entitled Fairy the, Bread. The original RLS. I love it. This was written in 1913 from A Child's Garden of Verses and Underwoods. I mean, this is my. You're stealing my celebrity section. Oh, <laughs> no, no. I'm just kidding. You're not. <laughs> Robert Louis Stevenson, well noted, you know. Great on the Bing search results. Really high up on that TMZ articles. <laughs> yeah. Trending right now. Come up here, oh dusty feet. Here is fairy bread to eat. Here, in my retiring room, children, you may dine on the golden smell of broom and the shade of pine. And when you have eaten well, fairy stories hear and tell. I mean, is it just me or does golden smell of broom sound kind of gross? Yeah, I was wonder- I was really analyzing this this poem deeply. Uh, I don't know. To me, let's see, golden smell of broom, shade of pine. I think that's nice. That that harkens back to sense I know. What does broom smell like? You know, it smells sort of like straw. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I think it's nice. All right. Well, so, you know, it seems very closely associated with birthday parties, even back in like the 1920s. Yeah, definitely. 
So that's that's the thing I'm getting most from this history. Yeah. Is this is this our first birthday sandwich? Hmm. Uh, I don't think. Yeah, avocado toast might be like a like a super healthy person's like take on like some sort of delicious treat. But yeah, and, I don't. You I, know, both Australian too. So obviously, yeah, av- avo spread or whatever they call it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, this is definitely our first like sweet sandwich. We haven't done the ice cream sandwich yet. No, no, no. I mean, the PB and J is sweet. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, the PB and J is like a definitely you would have at a child's birthday party too. I would assume, but I don't but know. Not as like a yeah, but it's not like um, if someone came to an American child's birthday party, you wouldn't be like, "Where's the PB and J?" I mean, I don't know. I've literally never been to one. Um, but like, if you came to a kid's birthday party and there wasn't cake, I feel like fairy bread sort of akin to cake in Australia. What sort of if you're throwing a birthday party for your children or? Since all of your children were born within like one week of another, if you're throwing all three of their birthday parties at once, what is so you're gonna have cake, but like what is the the savory food that's being served? Yeah, I mean it depends. Liz and I are big fans of the uh of the brunch party, so we'll often do bagels mm. and like a little bagel spread. Because you know, you don't really have to cook anything for bagels, you just like put everything out. Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, I think that's you know, that's usually what we'd go for. Do you have any locks there? Because we've done that. Sometimes. Sometimes, you know, we're not a big Locks fans in, this, in, in our family. We talked about this. Do you have a brunch cake? I mean, I guess you said there's got to be cake. Oh, well, you know, I mean, I make these very elaborate cakes, Dan. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, boy. So much has changed. That's right. You were entering earlier in this podcast series before you were traveling all over the world. You were entering cake competitions, Joe. There's no time for that now. <laughs> what happened to you? You know, you know, life... Life has a way of catching up, Dan. What happened to us? So uh, now you sound like Liz. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, we know she'll never listen to the podcast, but poor Joe. So uh, you know, I like I like I like birthday traditions. I like regional birthday traditions. Uh, I feel like in America we should have a breakfast or have a birthday sandwich. We don't. It's a shame. Seven out of ten. Okay, next one. Could the sandwich be in a regular rotation? We're going to talk about prep, availability, and health. I, I mean, okay, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I don't know which one we want to start with because they're all <laughs> they're all so interesting for the sandwich. It okay, could I, mean, be... I will just give you my take on this Okay, uh, first. It's the easiest sandwich in the world to make. Yeah. I mean, I don't even, th- from my reading of it, I don't think you're even supposed to toast the bread. Uh, you're not. So even now, that, now you could cut the corn or the the crust off the bread. I did read yeah, one thing yeah, that said that. Yeah. Uh, this is as someone who makes cakes and has kids, sprinkles are something that I have in my house all the time in many varieties. I guess I wouldn't be surprised if you had to go out and buy sprinkles because, like, why I would did. A, I yeah, did? Yeah. Why would like a you know adult male without kids want sprinkles or need sprinkles in their house? But we have sprinkles, we have bread, we have butter, we have all these ingredients. Obviously, there's a 0% chance of finding this anywhere and asking for it anywhere would be ridiculous unless you were at like an Australian restaurant. Uh, but even in Australia, I assume that you don't get this out at a restaurant, but yeah. it is the easiest thing in the world to make. Uh, you know, and 
you know, I'm sure you did lots of research on this, but I have to imagine it's the same health as a piece of buttered toast with just, I mean, sprinkles are just sugar. So it's just like having cinnamon toast or whatever. Based on the direction the podcast is going, what led you to believe I did a lot of research on this topic? I'm, I'm sure you spent hours figuring out the exact calorie and carb count of fairy bread. Actually, I do know from memory that a piece of white bread is 120 cal- or 110 calories. And yeah, a smear of butter, I don't know, what do you think? Probably 50 or 60 calories? Yeah. But, I mean, unless part of your everyday rotation involves going to Australian children's birthday parties, I can't imagine how this, how, like, you know, I, I can't imagine the circumstance where I would be like, I'm going to make myself uh, some, some fairy bread. Yeah, I mean, I think if I were Australian, I could think of it. But yeah, as an American, I don't know. Because I think the problem with fairy bread is that, you know, if I was going to make it, it would probably not necessarily be for me. I mean, this just isn't... (laughs) (laughs) It's sort of a ridiculous sandwich. Yeah, the sprinkles are not necessarily something I'm like trying to get more of in my (laughs) diet. And if I were... I, I think I'd rather just put it on ice cream or something that, like, as an American, I'm familiar with. So if I did make fairy bread, it would have to be, like, a platter of it for other people. But I think as Americans, they would be like, what is this? And, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like it's it's something I probably, like, if there was, like, uh, a, a, a bet you had to make and it was, like, will I see, just see X sandwich at any point in the rest of my life? Like, I think probably every sandwich we've done, I'll, like, come across at some point in the rest of my life. This, I think I could easily go the rest of my life and never come across it naturally. Yeah, I mean, you went to Australia for weeks and didn't come across it. You know, the, the, if you put this out at your Super Bowl party and you said, oh, I made some fairy bread. I think if I didn't do this podcast episode, what I would assume is that you wanted to make some kind of dessert dish and ran out of food. And didn't have any ingredients, <laughs> so went to your cabinet and said, "Like, oh, I have I have bread and butter, and and I oh, I have some sprinkles. Well, I guess that can make a dessert." Yeah, yeah. It. I, I mean, the person who invented it probably invented it that exact way. So well, I, no, I mean, what I think that what I heard is that um, they had some some toast and yeah. they had some sprinkles on a high shelf, and yeah. someone hit it with a with a boomerang. Yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah, uh, and why me? My sprinkles. <laughs> the sprinkles got all over my didgeridoo. Is that what they call toast? Yeah, the, 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 exactly. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I can't imagine this becoming part of my everyday sandwich. You know, I can't imagine having this at my next kid's birthday party. All right. Well, I, I mean, if the podcast is still going, it'll be interesting for you to do that and report back. I'll do it. I mean, I did not give any fairy bread to my children, which probably was not a nice thing for me to do. They probably would have enjoyed it. I mean, that would have been really crucial work for the podcast. So I'm going to say it's not an everyday sandwich, but it could be a special occasion sandwich. I think it's designed to be that, too. So I'm not going to give this a zero, but I'm going to give it a two and a half out of ten. Wow, two and a half. I guess I really, since we were talking about day and sandwich, I really blew my chance to say that Sean also sent in that, uh, oh yeah, there's a fairy bread day, (laughs) which 
is really, and this is how you can tell it's like an Australian thing and is not meant to be an American thing, because the day that they picked for Fairy Bread Day is November 24th, which is like, thank, it's, that's like a prime Thanksgiving day. It's basically like the day of or the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah, so uh, you can tell they're like, they saw all the Americans were doing Thanksgiving, and they're like, well, we'll, we can have our special November celebration, too. Blimey, what's in the cabinets? (laughs) Uh, What what do you do on fairy bread day, other than Uh, fairy bread? I think you eat fairy bread. Okay. Oh, yeah, and in Australia, they don't call them sprinkles. They call them hundreds and thousands. So this, like, this is an actual sentence from this article. It's the party starter that spans generations. And let's be honest. And let's be honest. There are few things more delicious than a slice of white bread, a spread of butter, and an excessive amount of hundreds and thousands on top. Hundreds of thousands of what, though? That's what they're called. Wow. It's just as hundreds of thousands, or hundreds and thousands. That's it. Okay. All right. Australia is weird. Uh, okay so yeah what's next uh okay next is it a first date sandwich (laughs) you would think with three weeks rob would have had time to send something in and you'd have been right because he did send something in hey guys i take back everything i said about any other sandwich this is the worst sandwich you could ever choose on a first date unless you invited your date to a child's fourth birthday party And why would you do that? I agree. Not a sandwich, and not one you should ever order. Rob's date rating. It's... Oh, boy. (laughs) I'm not even reading this in the context of a fourth birthday party. That is wildly inappropriate. Don't read it. For your protection. Okay? Uh, Yeah. uh, It's not a good rating. He gives it a very low rating. Uh, It's a downright criminal rating. Oh, God. I don't, yeah, I really don't want to know. Uh, all right. Um, well, I mean, what do you think, Dan? It's hard for me to imagine the circumstances. I mean, actually, just tell, just, you're a creative guy, Dan. Tell me the circumstances where you're getting this on a first date. Okay. Lay it out for me. This is a challenge. Because the other ones, I can, I can visualize it. So, all right. Well, first of all, we're in Australia. You're which, right? I, that's just a starter. Yeah. We're you're Australian. There. Oh, oh, we're Australian or we're, we're us visiting Australia? We are Australian. Single we're versions Australian. of us visiting Australia. Or well, single if version- I have to come up with a most plausible scenario, I'm, of course, going to make us the culture where this is like a, a common thing. And, okay, here's what's happening. We're in Australia. We're going on our big, uh, you know, a, a very common date in Australia is you take your date and you just go hike around the outback. You know, it's like a, a nature hike. It's called a, yeah, it's called a, it's called a walkie walk in Australia. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, a walkie. We're going yeah. on a walkie. Yeah. An Audi walkie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and of course, you know, you gotta, you gotta get the supplies bulked up. So it's like, I'm, I'm at home. I'm getting my, my Wawa. I'm getting my, uh, uh, what else do you need? Uh, your, your, uh, those. You did damn- you yeah, did you do all those hats they wear? They all wear that same hat, and they all do wear the hat. It's crazy, but anyways, I'm stocking up on supplies. Yes, and I just say to my date, "Hey, 
meet me at my house and uh you know I'll I'll pick you up in my uh my Jeep and you know we'll go on our Audi uh Audi uh, walkie and she comes by to pick you up and lo and behold my uh 12-year-old sister like 12 year old's too old my 6-year-old sister well that doesn't make sense that's too large of an age gap okay it can't be your child I guess it could be your niece, but that's sort of weird. But whatever. Okay, that's what's happening. And then there's a childhood party happening at my house because, yeah, it's my niece. And, you know, somebody's saying, hey, oh, the fairy bread's ready. And then just as she walked in, and then I say, who could resist a little fairy bread? Come on. And then we each go take a bite of fairy bread and we're on our way. I think it's plausible. I'll bet that similar situation has at least happened once in the history of existence. That's interesting. That's interesting. I could see that happening. I think you painted a pretty good picture there. I think it, I think it could play too. I mean, especially if like you have a nice house. You know, especially if this is like high school dating. You know, I think maybe for like, you know, maybe you like still live with your parents. So, you know, I think it could be okay. I don't think Rob's right. I think if fairy bread is coming up in a first date, I think it's probably pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's not offensive in any way. Yeah, I don't think so. And it's a quick bite. I mean, it's got all the other things. It's pretty clean. You know, it's pretty light. It uh, gives you a, a jolt of energy. Well, now, what about... I mean, this seems more plausible to me. <coughs> Excuse me. What if you're going on a first date and it just happens to be fairy bread day? <laughs> so this is what happens. It's there you like go. it's like a you know you're, you're you're chatting with someone on a on a dating app. I don't know the most popular dating app in Australia. Um, Tinder. <laughs> uh, and you make plans. You say like, oh, how about Saturday? I'm free. I'll pick you up. But you don't even realize when you're planning it. You said Saturday, but you didn't look at the calendar. You didn't realize that it's Fairy Bread Day. So now you're talking to your friends and you're kind of like, God, I wish it was on a first date on Fairy Bread Day. That's kind of committal. But like, you know, she said yes. And so now it'd be weird to cancel. So like, okay, let's just do it. And then your friend's like, but, but do you have Fairy Bread or not? And you're like, I don't know. What's the protocol here on a first date? And they're like, it's Fairy Bread Day. Just go for it. So you, so you go you and you bring some Fairy Bread and you're having first date Fairy Bread because, of course, it's Fairy Bread Day. You know, I like it. I I've actually, I do have something to say about going on dates on these special occasions because I remember one time in my dating past, maybe, I guess, well, as I will quickly note, to remembering the day was actually easy. It's just remembering the year was a complicated part. But I had actually scheduled a date on my birthday. And it was like a third date with a random person I was going, you know, on online dates with. And I was just like, you know, whatever. To me, my birthday isn't that big of a deal. So right. I was just like going on a normal date and it was fine. And I was just going to be like, I'm just going to go through the date without saying anything. But of course, I got busted going into the bar when the person looked at my ID and was like, hey, it's your birthday. Happy birthday. And I was like, <laughs> damn it. And then once she knew it was my birthday, she was like, I mean, in retrospect, like it was dumb not to. I mean, in retrospect, the way it played out actually was probably perfect where I didn't have to like bring it up. But once she knew it was my birthday, she was like, oh, my God, it's your birthday. This is great. And like third date was like suitably far enough along that, uh, you know, 
basically, uh, we had some fun. But it was a little... It's it's very weird going on a date on, like, such a big day because it's sort of like... It does... It, it just becomes a part of the day. You know, it, it sort of just uh, sucks all the, you know, the air. It's the elephant in the room. So right, I do right. think if you are going on a date... On Fairy Bread Day, you've you've got to get that out of the way at the beginning. Otherwise, just be hanging over the date the whole time. When's he going to bring out the fairy bread? What kind of hundreds and thousands did he use? Did he cut the you know the crust off the bread? Is he waiting to take me home and give me fairy bread at home? You know, it's it, I think it, it's a little too much. Right, right. Does this fairy bread come with any expectations? Like, yeah, no, that's <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Uh, yeah, the the fairy bread expectations are are brutal because if you're come, it's like, do you want to just come up for a little fairy bread? I mean, you can't just eat that fairy bread and leave. And they don't really serve it in restaurants, so you're eating it in someone's house. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. So look, I think that uh, you know, <laughs> I think we created two very plausible scenarios. I think this is a you know six out of ten. I mean, I'm actually thinking now, boy. You, if it's Fairy Bread Day, and you end that date saying, you know, it's Fairy Bread Day. Do you want me to uh, make you some Fairy Bread up in my place? That's a lock. Like, yeah. I think Rob is dead wrong with this one. I mean, obviously, Rob didn't do enough research to find out about Fairy Bread Day. Yeah. Well, what, what do you expect? You only had three weeks. <laughs> okay. Does the sandwich taste good? Now, this is what everybody's waiting for, because the thing is, you know, our listeners, our fanwitches out there, I think they're just as lazy as us. So I am fairly sure 95% of them have not tried fairy bread and will never try it. So I mean, unlike the other sandwiches, we are really, we're their guide. We are their mouth. This is the first, this is the first sandwich where literally, unless you're listening to this in your car, just go make it right now. You think? Just go make it. But then that's going to sort of take away the authority of what we say right now. You're right. Don't make it. It's too hard. Well, it's not too hard, but well, okay. Now, uh, before we get into the uh, the whole thing about whether it tastes good, I was reading about fairy bread, and then I stumbled on reading about hundreds and thousands, mm. and I read a persistent myth that says colored hundreds and thousands and brown hundreds and thousands are exactly the same thing, just with different food coloring. Now, I, I thought this was crazy. So I purchased both brown hundreds and thousands and multicolored hundreds and thousands. And I'll tell you, I did an investigative report. I tasted them myself. I gave them to my lovely wife. I read the ingredients, and I've gotten to the bottom of this mystery. Do you know what the answer is. Do you think that colored hundreds and thousands are the exact same as brown with just different food coloring? Yes, I do. You think they're the exact same? 100% the same. You're wrong. They're different. Wow. They are different. The brown ones actually did have cocoa powder in them, and the multicolored ones were just pure sugar. They were different. It was amazing. But I've seen, like, I mean, you shop at a very fancy grocery store. Maybe that's just at your fancy grocery store. I did. I'll tell you, my hundreds and thousands, I'm sure as a cake maker, you're very familiar with them. There are all sorts of varieties of the ones. Like there are hundreds and thousands that are like the little ones that are like the tiny little dots that are like one millimeter circles. The ones I got were sort of like the ones that are like five millimeters long and like cylinders. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you know, like I, t- I said, I said earlier, I tried two different versions of this. I tried one that was, as you're saying, Dan, um, the tiny one, and I tried one that the was dot like one? the even smaller than the dot, the one that's more like oh, the one that's like dust, like dust, exactly, and one that was more the like the longer cylinders, the, the yeah. jimmies, as I think they're called. Yeah. Uh, vastly different, vastly different experiences. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I only tried it with the the long cylindrical ones, which I'm not going to call them by that name. But although I've been assured that that name is actually okay to call them, I just don't I thought like it was it. racist. It's not. We no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, anyways, um, I'm very interested to hear because I only did the long cylindrical ones, but I did both the chocolate and the multicolored. And I have my thoughts and feelings on it. But now I want to know, which of yours did you like better? Well, so I'll tell you, uh, the as an American, and I guess this makes sense when you think about it, the one that is the smaller version of the sprinkle, yeah, it just basically tasted like sugar bread. I mean, it tasted like, you know, if you've ever made, which I don't know if you've made for yourself, but but we do make it for the kids, like like cinnamon toast, just like, you know, yeah, yeah. bread with butter and and cinnamon sugar. It tasted like that without the cinnamon. It just tasted like sugary bread. I mean, the week that I got the avocado toast from the fancy place, uh, as I said, I got the like avocado bread toast, which, you know, if you remember the episode, I thought was, you know, mediocre. And then I also got a cinnamon sugar piece of toast that was like the most delicious thing I've ever had in my life. So I am so the one that had the small sprinkles to me just felt like, well, this should be toasted. This should have cinnamon on it. It just felt like, I half made cinnamon toast. Then, after I had the one that had the bigger sprinkles, totally different ballgame. I felt like then you were really, and that I think is the is the intention of the fairy bread because when you do it like that, you really get the taste of, or you get like the texture of of the sprinkle along with the sweetness, and it's not just sugar. You actually like. Those sort of taste more like sprinkles. Yes, yes. I, I felt, you know, mine, I'll just say as American, before you get into, to, you know, further detail about your taste sensation, I thought this was a really weird taste. Like, the concept of butter and sprinkles is just like, it's just weird. It. I mean, I actually do encourage our, our sandwiches at home, if you've never had this, just to try this. Because you probably have everything in your cupboard to try it and just see. I don't know. Maybe you didn't find it as weird. I don't know. But because sprinkles are just not a common thing I had. But it's like, I know, like, I have had sprinkles on things before, like cake and cupcakes and ice cream, but just never, I don't think I've ever had them just directly on butter. And it's just the combination of butter and sprinkles. I just found, like, such a unique different flavor than i've like ever had before and uh you know i can't say i liked it but i can't say i didn't like it i it was it, it was just so weird to me that i was like i like had trouble making heads of tails of it i mean i i i don't think i found it quite as weird only because to me it it was almost more like having a very soft sugar cookie because i mean if you have a sugar cookie right like and you're using frosting and then covering it with sprinkles and and doing it the way that like a kid would do it where like it's not just has like your sprinkling sprinkles on it. It's like covered in sprinkles. Yeah. I mean, 
most frosting is butter based. So mm. it's sort of the same thing. I mean, the one thing is that the bread is a different consistency. It doesn't have the chewiness of a cookie. Um, so that part was a little bit weird, but it reminded me more of having a frosted sugar cookie than anything else. Hmm. To me, I thought the butter was, I just think of frosting as much sweeter than butter. So to me, I, I maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know how butter is made or how frosting is made. I mean, I don't know how well, butter I mean, is made. Basically either. butter and sugar. So, yeah. you're not, you're, so you know, you're not far off. So to me, it just seemed like it was much less sweet than those things. Like, yeah. I was expecting to bite into it and be like, oh, this like super sweet thing. But it really wasn't that sweet. I mean, I, I put a lot of sprinkles on there, too. It was like um, it, 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 it tastes I mean, I could taste all the elements of it. I could taste a piece of buttered bread and I could taste the sprinkles and I could taste them all together. And I was like, wow, I've never had I don't know. I, I've never had anything like this before. And again, I think I could like it. And so I of the two. Of the multicolored and the chocolate, I really vastly preferred the chocolate. I thought that was a much better taste of the two. But I felt like maybe that's just because it was a more familiar taste to me. Because, like, you know, I guess chocolate and butter, you know, I don't know. Maybe those are just more natural things for me. Because that is, I guess, like ingredients that go in, like, a cookie or or something. Now, so you said it's a strange sensation. Would Would you eat it again? If it were served to me, I certainly would absolutely eat it, but I don't know if I would go – I mean, I don't – based on the way I would enjoy the components separately, I don't see how putting them together is better than having them separate. Like, I think I'd prefer to have a piece of buttered toast, and that's another thing I'll say. I think the butter on bread, when the bread's not toasted, is very – it's very weird. Yes. Like, it's just not a common thing I would have. So I think it would take some getting used to, but I do think if this were something I was like having throughout my childhood, like it seems as fine as anything, like it's certainly not bad, but it it is, you know, a little weird on my palate, I would say. Okay. So if, so if fan, if, if fan emeritus, Josh, when he has a kid, you get invited out to the kid's birthday party and Josh is a, as a, you know, Homage to his time in Australia serving fairy bread. But they have, but it's a party. They have a full spread of everything else, too. Do you grab a slice? Well, because of this fact that we're doing a multi hour episode on fairy bread, I would definitely do it. But outside of that, I would probably not. Interesting. But if there were like a cupcake with sprinkles on it, I would definitely go for that or a cookie, even. Yeah. I mean, I think. It's not a very exciting answer. I thought it was okay. I thought it was fine. I, I could, as I'm eating, especially just like the way that it looks, I can see like, oh well, of course kids love this. This is amazing for kids. It's bright. It's colorful. You could probably have them have them make it themselves. So yeah, probably like yeah. a fun activity at a party. Uh, you know, you know, taste wise, I do, I do think there's something weird. Americans aren't used to eating unmelted butter. Yep, yep. I mean, that's the the other thing about it. Just the butter on untoasted white bread. Yes, it's it's that on its own is sort of just a weird thing to eat. Like, think about like what do you put butter on that you're not melting the butter a little bit? I think the only thing I can think of is if you're at like a restaurant or whatever, 
they'll give you like bread and butter, but the butter is like really soft, which I imagine is like what you want for this fairy bread, though. I found that hard to replicate. But even still, I feel like the bread they serve at a restaurant is designed to have like more of a flavor to it than just like plain white bread. And often, like, I mean, if you're at like a nice restaurant, it's they serve you warm bread, so the butter melts inside. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and it's also super nice butter, I'm sure. That's right. like some fancy crap. Yeah. I, you know, I just don't think that I eat a lot of unmelted butter. Like, like I had both of them, and more so the tiny sugar one. I had this overwhelming desire to toast the bread. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, when I was eating it, I think. It, it would have felt much more familiar if I made the exact same thing, if it was just like buttered toast with sprinkles on it. Right, right, right. But that being said, I totally get why kids would love this. It's not offensive to me. I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. If I was at a kid's birthday party, I would eat this. I'd be like, oh, cool. There's some fairy bread. Well, there you go. There you have it. So, th- I mean, w- we both, I guess, give it, um, you know. Thumb sideways. Thumb sideways. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just... I mean, the thing is, if you actually had given it to your children, which I really expected you would have done in these three weeks, I think you would have gotten three thumbs up. Oh, I mean, 100%. I mean, I definitely will make them fairy bread as an experiment, and I'll report back. Uh, yeah, I just didn't have time this week because I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen my children. Uh, well, <laughs> what, what can you do? I know. Uh, okay, so yeah, this is a 5.5 out of, out of 10. But you got to set out the time for podcasting. Look, you have to have priorities in life. Wait, is this is this going to be evidence in future court proceedings? Possible. It's possible. Oh, God. All right. Is this not but not but but your sister and I will be fighting over custody of you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a tough one. I, I hope I don't have to testify. No, it's Dan, tear... you, Dan, you have to pick. You, you're an it's adult. It's going to tear me apart. <laughs> um Is this sandwich a monster? Oh my goodness. Sandwich Josh, fresh off his wedding. This might be from Montreal, actually. I think he was very stressed about his wedding, but then he was stressed to get in this fairy bread thing. So yeah, I think he I recorded understand. this. This is probably recorded from Montreal shortly after his successful marriage. Mazel tov to Josh. Let's hear what he has to say. All right, so we got fairy bread. Um, good choice for the start of the Prestige podcast. On the one hand, it's not really a sandwich. On the other, it's got just the right amount of whimsy to help you all find your groove again. So I like it. And I've actually had this before. This is the kind of thing people do eat in Australia and New Zealand. It's a bit weird, but it's also the kind of thing that's pretty good to eat until you have a stomachache. So you can take that for what it's worth. I've eaten a fair bit of this. Wow. Is it a monster? No. I mean, it's basically sprinkles. Thousands of sprinkles Hundreds and butter. Of I'm not going to be picky enough to complain about butter when other weeks we're talking about sandwiches piled high with meat. Um, then again, I don't really know the industrial process by which sprinkles are made. It could be really grim, like maybe those images of Mordor in the Lord of the Rings films. Uh, but barring some like horrible hellscape of the industrial sprinkle factory, I think the sandwich is going to have to be pretty benign. So on the monster scale... I'm just going to have to go with not a monster, perhaps some sort of fairy, F-A-E-R-I-E. I see what you enjoy. Wow. Well, they, well, first of all, breaking news. He's had it many times. So I guess this is something that if you're in Australia, it's just going to be around. Or he's just been invited to many children's birthday parties in Australia. It's 
possible. You know, when you're a college professor, that's just a common thing you do. I well, guess. you know, you need. You know, it doesn't pay that well. You need a side gig. He's probably, you know, doing balloon animals or something. Teaching children about history. Uh, uh, balloon animals, or, or of course, Dan. I mean, you know, as they're called in Australia, uh, balloony, <laughs> balloony. Uh, I don't know. I think it'd be balloon or loonies. Of course, of course, that's right. Actually, loony, I think, is the currency and uh, a balloon animal. <laughs> well, they use balloon animals as currency. Josh is like, here's one. This is a uh, worker with missing his right arm because he wasn't able to keep up with the uh, the slaughterhouse. With uh, the line speeds. The, yeah, the line <laughs> speed at the slaughterhouse. <laughs> yes, this one. This poor cow is one that has texas fever and as you can see is gaunt and <laughs> quite jaundice yeah oh yeah i forgot about the jaundice so <laughs> yeah you make that one out of yellow out of yellow loony so uh so josh has been to many kids birthday parties he's had it he agrees that it's strange uh but but not a monster this look this is a this guy has got to be a 10 out of 10 what else you know what else could it be yeah, I don't know. I mean, it does have better, but whatever. Let's let's leave it at that. Next, Bing Celebrity Search. And before you do your thing, Sean puts in his last two cents, or two loonies, as it were. He says, For your Celebrity Bing Search, there's a YouTube video of Russell Crowe and Jimmy Fallon having it. They are what? both excruciating. Russell Crowe describes it as, quote, the cheapest possible birthday treat, so at least it will be a cheap week for you after spending $60 shipping the cutting board. It's true was expensive also if you're going to cap the number of sandwiches can i suggest a number being 32 there are 32 nfl teams and 32 world cup teams more symmetrical than a perfect diagonal cut on a sandwich enjoy the fairy bread aussie sean but we'll talk about that next episode (laughs) i think that was a great suggestion (laughs) but we're practically already at 32 there's so many more sandwiches to do look if we didn't waste our episodes on fucking fairy bread maybe well 32 more okay we'll talk about oh, 32 it more I, talk- yeah i'm okay with that um uh well well i'll tell you i did not find that video though i just searched for it and it seems like it is a great example of of uh you can't find that video you no, have i found it now but it didn't come up in my celebrity bing search oh oh i see only I was one like, if thing bing came can't up. find that i don't know if we should be using bing anymore maybe we should be using bing using pork.com a story about the uh, Queer Eye cast. This is the new version of Queer Eye on on Netflix. Uh, they're doing a promotional tour in Australia, and they uh, reacted to some local Australian cuisine. Um, which, by the way, I mean, this is just full of Australianisms. So first of all, uh, should we have watched this before doing the podcast <laughs> from solving the mystery of chicken salt? No, I, I, I'm just reading. This is just a article uh, from solving the mystery of chicken salt. I don't know what chicken salt is to giving their seal of approval on budgie smugglers. You know what a budgie smuggler is? Uh, I think it is a it's a bathing suit. Uh huh. It's like a, it's like a, a, a banana hammock. It's like a speedo. It's like a speed. I can't believe you knew that. That's yeah, great. I think because I saw, Conan did a thing where Conan visited Australia and he had 
a thing like this too, where it was like a woman just gave him a lot of like funny Australian things. Okay. I think he wore one too. Wasn't wasn't very uh you know, he's not packing heat down there. So they talked about <laughs> putting ketchup on a hot dog, which I didn't think was a particularly Australian thing, but okay. Um and then uh, do you know what they call a hot dog? This was another term that they have in here. They call it a sausage sizzle. Hmm. No, I don't. I didn't know that. Okay. And here was the – so the Queer Eye group, apparently one of them is like a food expert, uh, Karamo. I don't know if you watch this show or not. But what he said is he Religiously. said – He said – he called fairy bread, and I don't know if you agree with this or not, quote, a poor man's donut. Uh, I mean that – I don't agree with that. This is – this is like the takeout.com all over again. These self-described food experts. A poor man's it doesn't donut, taste I mean, anything like a donut. I suppose because both donuts and, and fairy bread have sprinkles on them, I guess you can make that argument, but I, I don't buy it. Donuts don't have to have sprinkles on them. I don't buy it. All right, now here's the last, here's the last Australianism, and I want to see if you know what this is. It says, absolutely no one was keen to do a shoey. Do you know what a shoey is? First of all, keen... One of my favorite bands, but they are not from Australia. They're from Great Britain. A shoey uh, is that like a, a drinking beer out of a shoe? Very good, Dan. See, Look well, I only assume because none of them were keen to do it. I'd be very keen to do a shoey. Did you do a shoey when you were in Australia? Well, this is the thing about Australia: beer is fucking expensive. Like it's insane. You know, in America, you can buy. 30 beers for, you know, if if you buy Bud Light or something, it's like $22. If you buy the cheapest stuff, you know, it's $14, $15. In Australia, 30 beers is like $50. Like, that's like that's the cheap stuff. That's, that's the crazy. cheapest you get. And it all comes in bottles. They don't do cans. So if you want to get drunk, first of all, I mean, if somebody offered me a shoey, it's like worth its weight in gold. That's like $20 worth of beer. But, well, I guess that math doesn't work out. But think about it. But if you really want to drink in Australia on the cheap, you got to drink Goon, which is their bagged wine, which is like, or boxed wine, or bagged. And that's like super cheap. Like you can go buy a box of wine for like $4. And that's like, it's there's a lot of wine in there. But beer, see, very see, expensive. This is interesting because remember when we were in Canada for your bachelor party, it was the same thing. Remember beer was super expensive and the Zabrauka was like, yep. you know, pennies on the dollar. Yeah, yeah. Pennies true. on the it was it was loonies on the toonie. Yep. yep. Uh, it makes That's me wonder if all of these, um, f- you know, colonies that are still paying some fealty to the British, if there's a tariff, if, if there's if there's some kind of you know uh, taxation system going on to the you know to the crown on the beer. Is it that all of the former British colonies? are forced to buy their beer from the East India Trading Company? Exactly. They've cornered the market. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, they've just they've got to somehow get out of that contract. It's, it's, look, look. Yeah, favorable terms. It seemed like a 400-year contract was a great idea at the time. They're like, uh, you're looking for um, a pound of salt? Well, that'll be $20,000. <laughs> it's like, God damn it. And look, pepper... Don't don't think about don't you know maybe next century we'll have enough pepper to supply the the new world, <laughs> not happening. So uh, yeah, you know so all these all these Commonwealth countries it's uh, you know crazy expensive to buy beer apparently. Yeah, but 
<laughs> evidently the uh, the hundreds and thousands very economical because if they keep saying it's cheap we we must know that these three ingredients very cheap very readily available so east india trading company the sprinkle is not a problem they probably just it's like something you just put in one of those giant barrels that you just like stick in the corner of the boat no problem you know they never go bad i think that bread must be expensive because of the um <laughs> 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 I have to think that bread must be expensive because this is our second Australian sandwich that's open face. That's true. That's true. Wow. Yeah, it it makes sense. It makes sense because I'll tell you that bread, it's been shipped a long way. It's uh you, you know, I wonder if they have freezers in Australia cuz I find a freezer is a good way to maintain the bread, but I don't know if they have that there. You pay a premium for that second slice of bread, I'm telling you. Yeah. Although you'd think if the bread expires quickly, they'd want to use it as quickly as possible. All right. So here's the deal. Uh, celebrity story. It's, it's, it's just okay. I like the Australianism, but we're going to say a five and a half out of ten. Okay. And now, the moment everybody's been waiting for, we'll take that fairy bread. We'll put it on Jay's cutting board deep in the heart of Atlanta or wherever he lives. I'm not going to dox him like we're going to dox that Philly person. Okay. And the funny thing is, uh, the last time I did the podcast, you know, normally when I pause for like five minutes to come up with one, I edit it out and I realize I completely forgot to edit it out. (laughs) So I just, it's like, they're like two minutes of like blank silence and me coming up with a dumb thing. But this week, that's the worst part. (laughs) I know. I'll bet I'll bet Genki lawyer noticed. Okay. See if I'll just come up with something on the spot. Come up here, oh dusty feet. Here is fairy bread to eat. Here in my retiring room, children, you may dine on the golden spell smell of broom. More like there's no room on the menu for fairy bread (laughs) because thanks to the great Robert Louis Stevenson for the assist there because look first of all I'm I'm not even gonna everybody's saying it's not a sandwich it is a sandwich all right get out of here Josh get out of here Rob this is a sandwich as we just discussed a second ago in Australia the rules are a little bit different the sandwiches rotate the other way the hundreds and thousands are different colors different sizes but this is definitely a sandwich However, it's not a great sandwich. It's fine. I think if you've got childhood nostalgia, I think if you're Australian, this is an important sandwich for you. It can be an important sandwich. It can be a sandwich that you'll enjoy throughout your whole life, thinking back to when you had it in your wistful childhood days, avoiding all the venomous snakes and spiders and whatnot that are around you all the time. I mean, in Australia, just surviving to adulthood is amazing. So, of (laughs) course, you know, this is going to be something to celebrate. But... For us in America, and frankly, even if I did have nostalgia for it, I think I would have to put those emotions aside and say, you know, while this sandwich is fine, I've got nothing against it. I support our strong allies in Australia. I don't think fairy bread is worth it on the menu. So I say, get out that broom, and instead of just smelling it, shoo that fairy bread off the cutting board into the compost heap. 
Well, Dan, I think you make a strong argument. And I think you have it almost exactly right. That the fairy bread is a good sandwich. It's good for birthdays. And I, I agree with you completely. Had I grown up remembering how great fairy bread was was on my birthday when I was six or whatever, then I probably would want this on the menu. And I'd want to f- try like the like the Epicurious fancy version of it. Uh, however, we don't have that experience. So I think we can actually judge it more objectively. And uh, as much as I liked it, Dan, I'm going to I'm going to steal a pun from you from season two. I think this sandwich is disqualified from being on the menu. <laughs> All right. We're, we're in reruns now, but that's okay. A lot of our new fans are going to be exposed to... Uh, I mean, that is great. I wonder if if the words fairy bread ever came up in our Australia episode. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, did the word socceroos come up yet in this episode? I think not until right there. All right, but we, but we did it. We got the plug in. All right. Well, fairy bread not going on the menu into the compost heap. That's sad, but... What can you do? You know, in Australia, it is very important to compost because of the limited resources and whatnot. Okay, no lunch pail. We did it at the beginning. Uh, pick next week's sandwich. So no wheel I, spin. No, I say no wheel spin. For so now. yes, you were musing about this at the beginning, and I'm assuming you want to lock this in, which is we're not going to spin the wheel right now. You want to devote next week's episode, which will be in two weeks, entirely to creating a wheel using Fanwitch's Sean's 32 number, which I like because it's less than 50. We just make a wheel with 32 things and that's it. Done. And what I would say doesn't mean it's going to make it as one of the 32. This is your week, week and a half, whatever, to get in your picks. And this isn't a Fanwitch limited to one pick. If you want to send in 10 sandwiches you think we should have, we'll... We won't put them all on, but we will talk about all of them. We might put them all on. We might put them all on. Anything that's currently on the sandwich menu is staying on. Yes. We made that pro- promise to the sandwiches. Did we? No. Even some of these weird ones? I mean, we can't even agree on whether or not the Outsmizer is on the menu or not. <laughs> Obviously. Well, wait, are we talking about the menu or the sandwich wheel? We're talking about I... the sandwich wheel. We promised okay. them that it would go on the sandwich wheel. We're going to take off that one that's too similar to the... That's correct. We already did. In that All point. right. Let's get into this next week because some of these we have to take off if we're only going to limit ourselves to 32. And that one weird Italian roast, we're not doing that. <laughs> I think we already took that one off. Okay. All right. So next week, very special sandwich selection. It's a sandwich draft. We're doing what, what whatever pork.com did. <laughs> Getting a great domain name and then using it for the crappiest search engine in the world. Now, we should think of like a fun way to do this. Like maybe... You know, if we have 60 options, maybe we do, you know, we do some kind of, I don't know, some kind of draft where, you know, we decide what's not going to be on there. I, well, think about it. Let's think about some fun way to get it on the menu. Well, if, on the, I had, on the wheel. if I had my druthers, I would say I would want everybody, all of our fan, which is now like, this is, this is the actual bat signal. Like, it's now or never. Because I think before we didn't, you know, we were sort of um, unspecific about what we wanted. I think every every fanwitch, every you know Freudian, Freudian slip there, every fanwitch should send us every sandwich that they want us to cover. They, as you said, 
Send one, send five, send 10, send 50. And we will go over every selection they have in addition to our own pre-prepared lists. And I think after some shrewd negotiations, we might need to, Joe, if necessary, hire a mediator. And we need to, at the end of the episode, we will come up with, you know, that I know a good mediator who runs $1,200 an hour. They say he's the best. He's the guy who did like all the 9-11 payments. So in case we, we get into a jam, we'll take all of our ad revenue. We'll pay it directly to that guy to help mediate the situation. At the end of the episode, we'll have 32 sandwiches on the sandwich wheel and then for the and then we will do our first spin and then the rest of the the podcast will just be spinning that wheel and doing it i love it i love it dan and that's it that's happening i'm in yep all right see ya see you next week buddy do you think we can cover that all in one episode absolutely it's gonna be quick in and out 20 minutes (laughs) okay all right well, I don't think that's true, but time to put away the bread until next week. Joe Picks the Sandwich, part of the Joe Picks Podcast Network. To listen to all of our podcasts, go to JoePicksPod.com or join the lively discussion on our subreddit, reddit.com, slash r slash Joe Picks. If you want to talk about what we got right or wrong with the fairy bread or fairy bread, or if you have a strong opinion about next week's sandwich, or which is nothing because you need to send in your opinions about any future sandwich we could do, leave a comment on the Reddit page or email us at sandwich at JoePicksPod.com. Actually, don't post it on the Reddit. Email us because I want everybody's list to be a surprise to everybody else. Okay? No, don't post on Reddit. Send the email. Okay? Sandwich at JoePixPod.com. Special thanks to Fanwich Josh for research and Mazel Tov on your wedding. His book, Red Me Republic, is on bookshelves everywhere now and available to buy on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. Go leave a five-star review. Dilute that crazy old man who's trying to bring him down. Also, thanks to Fanwich Jeff, doer of Research Lord of Music for the theme song, and Fanwich Julia, second of her name, for the logo. Final thanks to Fanwich Jay for letting us borrow his cutting board for our final ruling. I hope we didn't get too much straw on there as we used our broom on it. Don't leave us a five-star rating in the iTunes store. It's unnecessary. We don't need it. Leave Josh a five-star rating in the Amazon store. Joe, good podcast. See you next time. Great to be back. See you, Dan.